Hey, listen, I am so excited about just the season that our church is in. I'm so excited about what God is doing here. There's so much growth. There's so many amazing stories that I'm hearing constantly. Um, so many people giving their heart to the Lord. And let me just say this. Please don't ever let that get old. At the end of the service, when we do the whole raise your hand, accept Christ, please don't ever let that get old. That is the most amazing, wonderful thing. Just nod at me, smile, do something. It's exciting. And I hear all kinds of good stories. In fact, yesterday I was at Kroger and uh, got stopped three times from wonderful South Pointers just telling me great stories about what God has done in their life. And let me tell you something, I, that's not a complaint at all. Please keep doing that. I love it. I got home and my kids were like, what took you so long? You know, I was just going to pick up a couple of things. Um, but God's doing so many amazing things here. And um, I'm a visionary, okay? So I like to know, I like to see the end before I go. You know, I just, that's just how I am. And I'm wired that way. And so um, God showed me a long time ago about South Point and, and what's going on here and how I dig my church. And um, it, it was always this. This was always the end. From even 12 years ago when we started, it was this. It was, we're going to go, we're going to change a city because we're going to change the people in the city. And, and that simple thing right there gets me up every single morning. We are going to make a difference. We are going to change this place. We want to blame everybody else for all different kinds of things. I believe the kingdom of God is set up where the church is supposed to be the most influential body in the world, and we just need to step into that, okay? Um, so with that, uh, by the way, today is like 10% theology and 90% passion, so hang on. All right, um, God gave me a verse 25 years ago, 25 years ago. I read a portion of it just a minute ago. I want to read the whole thing to you, and this is what we're going to this is what we're going to talk about for the next several weeks with I Dig My Church. Um, and it's a powerful, powerful passage that I truly believe that God gave me for this house. So Isaiah 61, chapter 1, it says this, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, to the opening of the prison to those that are bound, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Pause. Somebody say, man, that good stuff. That was weak. Pause. Somebody say, man, that's good stuff. Man, Jesus does this stuff in us where we bring him our ashes, our sorry ash, and he gives us, he gives us beauty. We, give it, we bring mourning to him, and he gives us an oil for joy. He, we, we give our heavy spirit, and he gives us this garment of praise. I mean, What? That's awesome. And why does he do all of that? This is what we're going to look at today. And then the next few weeks, we're actually going to look at the stuff I just, I just rambled off right there. Um, look, he did all of this in us. Once you're in Christ, once Christ is in you, he does all of those things in you. He sets you free. He's, he's fabulous. Because that they may be called, that the people of South Point may be called trees, or one translation says oaks, that the people of South Point may be called oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. This is all about Jesus being glorified. All of it, everything we do is about him being glorified. And they shall, come on, they're going to rebuild the old ruins. They're going to they're raise up lollipops and the cotton bowl. They're going to they're raise up this stuff, and they shall repair the ruined cities, the desolations of many generations. Now, the first three verses of that is all that good stuff, you know, trading this for that, getting set free, and having our lives transformed. And then he switches to this whole oaks of righteousness. And, and that's what I want to talk to you about today. Um, 
See, any time in the Bible, any time in the Bible where the writer says, hey, you're like this, or, or there's a comparison of a symbolic thing, you know, like in Proverbs, there's, a, there's several comparisons to an ant. You should be like the ant, you know, or, or this or that, or an eagle, you know, talk about an eagle. There's different things. And so here it's a tree, and here's the deal. Anytime that's in the Bible, you will do yourself a favor if you'll take a minute to go ahead and just study some characteristics of that thing, whatever, whatever it is, that the Lord is saying, hey, you are this or that. It's a symbolic thing with many layers, and as we study that, we learn more about what God wants for us, okay? So here it's a tree. Now, talking about photosynthesis and trees and chloroplasts, and I know you all learned that in science class. Like I say photosynthesis, and some of you immediately... I'm back in school, right? Okay, so I wasn't that good in science. Anybody not good in science? I was just not good in science. Science was not my, my stuff. So we're going to talk about trees and photosynthesis and stuff from my level, all right? So we're getting low, all right? We're getting low. Um, so here, here's the first thing about trees. We, trees, we, the trees, trees absorb the bad and excrete the good. We, we absorb the bad and we excrete the good. Ephesians 2, 1 through 6 says this. It wasn't so long ago that you were mired in that old stagnant life of sin. You let the world, which doesn't know the first thing about living, tell you how to live. That line cracks me up, and it's so true, isn't it? They're, they don't know how to live, yet we allow them to tell us how to live. Nobody else thinks that's funny? I think it's hilarious. Okay. They tell how to live. You filled your lungs with polluted unbelief, and then exhaled disobedience. We all did it. Come on, you're not, we're not alone. We all did it. It's a wonder that God didn't lose his temper, do away with the whole lot of us. Instead, immense in mercy and with an incredible love, he embraced us, all of us. He embraced us. He took our sin-dead lives and made us alive in Christ. Now listen, once... Once you, when you're in the world, before you know Christ, before you're in the church, you breathe in, like what it just said, right, as a tree. You breathe in this, this unbelief, this junk, and you exhale disobedience. Come on, we've all, we all have done it. But now, get this, once you have Christ in you, once you're in the kingdom of God, once you're in the church, once you're flowing in Christ, here's what we do. Now, we go out and we breathe in the carbon dioxide of culture, and we exhale faith, love and joy. It, it changes. We're able to inhale the carbon dioxide of culture and then exhale. We are a people of faith known for our love and a voice of hope in the community. That's what comes out of us. Now, I, I hear you. Um, some of you brought your Christian voice with you and you're like, Pastor Craig, that's just not right. That's not right. See, we, we think we should be separate from culture. In fact, Christianity is the only group of people that I know that thinks that they can change society by isolating themselves from it. Does, that find, does anybody else find that crazy? Let me tell you, welcome to South Point. We do not adhere to isolation theology, okay? We, we, we just don't. If you've never heard of isolation theology, that's because I just made it up. But, but there's this idea that we have to be so separate from the world and so separate from culture. And, and let me tell you something. We need to stop being so separate. We, what would happen if we would look back and take the kids in elementary school and junior high and senior high and begin to teach them how to stand up for their faith in the culture instead of trying to protect them from the culture? 
Statistics don't lie. If you isolate and you protect your kids all the way through school, when they leave for college, they, the wheels will fall off the wagon. That's just a statistical fact. What if we go back and say, you know what? Our kids are so important. I don't want to teach them how to run from a storm. I want to teach them how to stand in a storm. I want to teach them that their faith is different, that their faith is powerful, and that their faith is real. Man, y'all making a preacher clap for himself. That is sad. Y'all sad. Bring my own hallelujah to the, to the game. All right. But we, we isolate people. We want our kids to be wrapped in bubble wrap. We want to make sure they're buckled in theologically. We want to make sure everything is just so perfect. We're going to isolate them from all the problems. I try to teach my kids how to handle problems instead of how to run from problems. Y'all almost made me clap for myself again. That would have been bad. Because what we have in the culture, and some of you, you brought your Christian voice with you, and you're like, but Pastor Craig, you don't understand. I know the Bible, and you obviously don't, because Jesus said in there, oh, my Lord, glory, the Jesus, the Jesus Christ, he said in the Word of God that we should be in the world, but not of the world. Glory, you obviously don't know the Bible. Okay. We take that scripture and we get it all messed up and we, we think that that scripture means Jesus wants us to just get in these holy clumps and just sing kumbaya and hold our hands and just hold on, hold on. Friends, what we need to do is just clump together in a glorious little holy clump because we've all been saved by the blood of Christ and we should... Do what blood does and clot okay. <laughs> together. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's funny, disgusting, and true. Christians have a tendency to clot together, and then you're really not good for anything except stopping up the flow of the Spirit. Glory! Okay, but I know you brought your Christian voice with you, so let's read the scripture that Jesus said that in the world, not of the world. Okay, let's look at this. Um, John 17, 14. Jesus is praying for his disciples. He's praying for you. He's praying for me. And this is what he says. I have given South Point your word, and the world has hated them, for they're not of the world any more than I am of the world. Let me just pause here for a second. See, if you have Christ living in you, it doesn't matter where you go or what happens, you are never of the world because now you are born from another world. It changes everything. It changes everything. It changes everything. As you say, and then Jesus says, hey, they're not of the world no more than I am. As you sent me into the world, <laughs> I sent them into the world. I sent them into the world. We, so can we just not change Jesus' statement? Can we just reemphasize what Jesus said? He said, listen, you're not of the world, but by golly, you've been sent into the world. You're not of the world. Stop trying that struggle. Stop trying that fight because there's not even a fight to fight with that. You're just not of the world, but you have been saved and you have been sent into the world. And we're not just using words for this. We're putting our feet to the fire on this, okay? September 29th, you need to write this down. September 29th, we are doing our first ever 
full family serve day. So we're going to come together because we've, we've been sent to this place. We're going to make a difference. We're going to come together September 29th. We're going we're to sing a few songs or whatever. And then it's going to be a very, 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 very short service. We're going to take communion together because we are, get this, get this. We're taking apart, we're, we're eating the body of Christ. And then as the body of Christ, we are going out to serve. Come on, that'll preach all day long. That's such good stuff. And so we have serve events all throughout the, the county. You can go to idigmychurch.tv. It's a new website, um, idigmychurch.tv. The events are on there. And we have events, serve events from Olive Branch, South Haven, Horn Lake, uh, Whitehaven, Hernando, Walls. We, we're, we're going all out. There's going to be over 1,000 of us, and we're going to go out and serve where God has placed us. And we're going to make a difference. Come on, that's awesome. That's exciting. Your kids, um, I know the little ones, they don't really, they'll just slow you down, all right? So if you have kids from newborn to kindergarten, we have, we're going to have paid child care so that they'll be taken care of here. If they're older than that, hey, take them with you and teach our kids. Come on, let's start teaching our kids that if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, your number one job is you're sent into the world and you need to serve. And this is how you do it. Wouldn't that be amazing if we would all, as generations come together, realize that we're supposed to be rebuilding, restoring, and renewing the place where God sent us to? Man, that's good preaching. All right, um, I'll preach myself happy. Ha! All right, here's the second thing. Photosynthesis is the nature of the tree. Photosynthesis is the nature of the tree. You will never find two trees standing in a field and the one encouraging the other to photosynthesize. <laughs> Come on, buddy, you can do it. Come on, let that chloroplast just flow through your leaves. You can do it. Come on, photosynthesize photosynthesize, you can do it, you can do it, yes, you can, come on. That would be stupid, what, no, and, but <laughs> here, here's the deal, they just do it, why do they photosynthesize, because it's, it's just their nature, it's just, it's just what they do, they can't help but do it. As followers of Christ, get this, it's not as much about the deeds that we do, but it's about the who we show. Let me, let me say it this way. It's not as much about the deeds that we do as it is about the one, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the Messiah, who gave his life for you and me and everybody else. And, and as we show him, that's really what it's all about. The deeds, it's just part of us, right? It's just part of us. It's supposed to just be who we are. It's our nature. And when we show up into an area, it changes everything. Our breath, you got to remember, our breath literally changes the environments we're in because we are a representative of Jesus Christ. Let me, let me show you something I learned in my studies this week on, on this topic. Um, there's a, a, a bodily function, a bodily, um, a bodily uh, what's the word, expression. Let's go with that. A bodily expression way back from the Old Testament. And the Hebrews put a word, they put letters with it to try and explain it. And it's this. It's this. Do you hear that? And then they put letters to it. Y-H, W-H, capital Y, capital Y, capital H, capital W, capital H. Get this. It came from the bodily expression of just deep breathing because they recognized that that was just, man, sometimes that happens. And then that Y-W-H-W, then they put vowels in between it and they came up with the word Yahweh, which is one of the names for God that started out as a bodily expression 
When you step into a place, can I tell you something? You are a carrier of the Spirit of God. The best thing you can do sometimes is to breathe into your place of work. Breathe into your homes. Breathe into your schools. You need to understand that you literally change environments because you have the Spirit of God in you. And we spend so much time trying to encourage ourselves when you need to understand you need to be encouraged. Okay, okay. But you have the Spirit of God in you and you make a difference just by showing up. Just by being there. Just by going. Now, you might want to make sure you have a breath mint first because somebody might be funky. But... Um, as the Spirit of God, Spirit of God. I, I, I read this week, here's a little deep thought for you. It's kind of a misnomer where we lead people into the presence of God, or, oh, that guy's bad, he led me out of the presence of God, and we do this whole, well, they, they led us in worship, and they led us into the presence of God. Not really accurate, not really biblically true. Here's, how about this, instead of um, leading into the presence of God or leading from the presence of God, how about we lead people into the awareness of God? God's everywhere. So how about just by showing up at work, at school, at home, we lead people in the awareness that God is here. He is in the house. Ooh, that's good. That's good. All right, um, you ready for the third one? Are y'all still with me? Y'all still good? Are y'all good? Okay, cool, cool. How about y'all? You good? Okay, okay, okay. Here, here's the third thing. Trees don't feel strong. They just are. Tr trees don't feel strong. They just are. Now, Isaiah verses 61, verses 1 through 3 and we're going to talk about this, in fact, next week and in the next couple of weeks, about being set free, about being um, healed, our broken hearts being healed. We're going to talk about these things that God does in us. And so, we're, and I know in this room, watching online, they're, they're, you're at different levels of that, working through that stuff. And that's cool. That's just part of life and soul work, and, and we're there. Um, but even through that, and when you're going through that, you don't feel strong. But can I tell you something? Just because you don't feel strong does not negate the fact that God made you strong. It, it doesn't negate the fact that you are strong. Now, oak trees, he called us specifically oak trees. Um, doing a little, I, I did the research for you. You can fact check me if you want to. That's cool. But oak trees, it says that a mature oak tree, that the root system goes down as deep as it is tall. So however tall the oak tree is, if you've got a tree that's 75 feet tall, that root system goes down 75 feet. And, get this, it's not just a tap root like a palm tree. Get this, an oak tree, it, it goes down as far as it is tall, and then the roots spread out as wide as the branches reach, sometimes even further. Just think about that for a second. So when you look at a giant oak tree, you can just imagine underground that the root system, it's like a mirror image. And that's why oak trees can go through the most vicious storms on the planet, and they survive. My backyard, I got several oak trees, and uh, every time one of these Mississippi hurricanes blow up, have you seen these, like a thunderstorm out of nowhere, and all of a sudden you're like, oh dear God, we're going to die, Toto, run. Okay, so I'll see, the, I'll be back there, and the trees, the oak trees, just, I mean, leaning over, you know, we've had some bad storms, and I'll watch them, and I'll even be praying, Lord Jesus, don't let the tree break. My house is right there. Come on, Jesus, hold it up, hold it up. Holy Spirit, send your angels, hold up. But it doesn't need to be held up. I've seen it bent over. I've seen storms rip and shred the leaves off of it. Dead limbs go flying. But when the storm is over, every single time, that tree just stands right back up. It's good. See, storms of life, 
will rip the leaves and different things off of you that you think you have to have to live. But let me tell you something. What makes the difference? When you're rooted where you need to be, you can stand any storm that comes your way. Doesn't matter what it is. Doesn't matter what it is. So what do you need to be rooted in? Watch this. And when I, when I share this part, and then we're going to close, don't hate your pastor. Love me. I'm saying this because I want the best for you. Psalm 92, 13. Where do we need to be planted? Planted in the house of the Lord. Because it's only when you're planted in church, in the house of the Lord, that you'll flourish. And you only flourish, you flourish there. See, I, I, I've seen, especially lately, probably the last 10 years, um, the enemy, our enemy, Satan, the devil, he, he's, he's doing a really good job of undermining people's thoughts on the importance of just church. Uh, it's just like, and I know you guys are here, you're like, you're preaching to the choir, I'm here, pastor, dear God. Okay, but we have these thoughts. It's just like the enemy just erodes our thought patterns where we start thinking, well, it's not that important. Or we'll put other things above church. It's just not that important. Or we have people say all the time, well, I left church because of, and then fill in the blank. And let's be honest, sometimes the excuses of why we leave a church is pretty flippant. Come on, just nod at me. I'll give you an example. I have a pastor friend who pastors in Arkansas. A man literally left his church because they changed the brand of coffee they were serving. And we laugh at that, but let's be honest. Some of our excuses are pretty silly as well. Well, I left there because I wasn't fed. I wasn't being fed. Well, after you're saved, Jesus actually leaves the 99 for the one, so you should be self-feeding. If you're still being breastfed, it might be time to grow up and mature. I told you, don't hate your pastor, all right? Why am I even saying this? I'm saying this because I want the best for us. A lot of times we leave churches. Now, listen, let me say this. I know we leave, there are some reasons for leaving churches that are valid and good and, and all of that, okay? But bear with me for just a second. Um, see, a lot of times we leave because we get offended or we get upset or whatever. Some of you are probably already thinking, I'm never coming back. Yeah, whatever. Um, we, get, we get upset. And, and the truth of the matter is the reason those things happen is because those are the things that we are actually, the Lord is trying to mature us in those areas, but because of our pride and arrogance, we don't stay still long enough to mature. Come on, just, just nod at your pastor, all right? You gotta be rooted in the church. You gotta be rooted in the church. This, this is where you put down roots, and I'll, I'll give you an example. Tonight is a great example. Tonight is plugged in, okay? It's one of those opportunities. It starts tonight at 6 o'clock. Free child care, free food. I don't know how you go wrong with that, okay? Get plugged. Some of you have been going here for so long and you haven't done it. Why? Why? Well, I'm scared to because the last church I went to, I got, you know, I kind of put some roots down and then some stuff happened and so I had to leave and so now I've got this open church wound. Okay, it could be. Right now, the reason you're going through all these storms of life and you keep losing is because you're not rooted as an oak of righteousness in the house of the Lord. I want you to survive storms. Even when the leaves get ripped off of you, I want you to be able to stand strong and say, I am rooted and grounded in the house of the Lord, and this is where I will flourish and grow and mature. So if this is your first time here today, 
You found a great church. I'm glad you're here. Put down some roots. If you came from another church today, either go back and put your roots back down there. I don't know what happened. Or come back here and put down roots. One way or the other, come on, put down some roots in the house of the Lord so you can flourish, whatever it is, all right? I personally think this is the best place ever. This is my personal opinion because my name's Craig Wendell, and I dig my church. Will you pray with me? Will you close your eyes, bow your heads? Heavenly Father, I love you. I thank you. Father, I just pray right now that wounded people, that hurt people, that broken people will put down roots today and start flourishing in the house of the Lord, start growing and flourishing. Father, this is the best place. Thank you for this church. Thank you for what you do here. Thank you for the lives you save and transform. Still praying with your heads bowed, your eyes closed. You're here this morning, and I'm talking about putting down roots and being an oak of righteousness, and the truth of the matter is you don't even have a relationship with Jesus Christ. You don't, you don't know what that looks like. You, you, you thought, you've even been taught or told that you've got to do these certain things and jump through this hoop and do these deeds and do this, and it's just, I'm telling you, it's not that. It's all about allowing Jesus Christ to come into your life, to have a relationship with you, and then he starts changing things on the inside of you. He's done all the work. He gave his life for you. It's super easy, and it will change your life. If that's you, and you're ready to have your life transformed, I'm not going to invite you down front. I'm not going to call you down front. I'm not even going to ask you to stand just right where you are. I'm, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand up in just a second, and then I'm going to tell you what. I'm going to count because you're not alone. There was 14 people in the first service that said, I need Jesus Christ, okay? And I know you're not alone in this house. So if you're here this morning, just right where you are, you're, you're ready to accept Jesus Christ as your Savior, put your hand up. Come on, put them up. Put them up. Hold it up. I'm going to count. You're not alone. I'm looking at the house. You're not alone. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Father, I thank you for these ten people. I thank you that they're just, they need you and they know they need you. So, so from their own confession, them just saying, I need Jesus in my life. As they're making this decision to follow after you, Father, I ask that you climb inside their soul space. Lord, that you clean all the graffiti that the world has placed there, that their life has put there, that their sins have put there. Wash them clean, set them free, unlock the prison cell, and let them out. Let them out. And now, Lord, fill them full of your spirit, fill them full of your presence, and from this day forward, let them never be the same again. We love you, Lord. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. 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 Listen, if you were one of those 10 people that raised your hand for prayer, do me a favor. When we dismiss, there's a book down front on both sides called Fresh Start. It's free. It's just going to give you some great next steps in your spiritual journey, okay? And then if you're here and you need prayer for anything, there's people down front that would love to pray with you and connect with you, okay? Stand with me, if you will. So glad you guys are here this morning. You guys rock. Also, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, there is uh, communion elements down front on both sides that you're more than welcome to partake of. And then let me say this. If you're one of the 10 people that raised your hand this morning, you need to be water baptized. It is your next step in your spiritual journey, okay? So you can leave here. Don't put it off. Leave here. Go into the bathroom. Hose yourself down. No, that's not how we do baptism. Leave here. Go to the guest services counter and sign up right there, okay? Baptism is in just a couple weeks. All right, let me pray the benediction and we will jet. Heavenly Father, Father, we just ask right now that the words of our mouth, the meditations in our heart, Lord, that they'll be acceptable in your sight. You're our Lord, our strength, and our Redeemer. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Have a great week, y'all.